Sporting news, reviews, and previews. This is the Sports Desk. Back on the air like we have been all year long. It's October 13th of October, or Friday the 13th. I've got to watch that film for the first time later tonight. Ooh. Welcome to the Sports Desk. My name is Jason Evans, and I'm joined by Liam Cole in the studio. And we will be soon to be joined by Sam Manhennett, of course, Liam. And it'll be just a couple of PTV problems, I would say. Friday the 13th, I think it's going to be a scary good podcast. And we're not even Jason. at Halloween. That's that's <laughs> that's insane to me. Um, first things first, just some quick admin news. Uh, Jerry Un will not be joining us today. He's uh, taking uh, some time away to address a little bit of his health, and all of us here on the team uh, yep. fully, su- fully support his uh, prioritisation of his health, and we hope he comes back to the show soon. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and he's been a, uh, a keystone to this show throughout the year, so all the best to you, Jerry. Uh, once again, uh, it's just the two of us for, to start it all off, and we'll break down into the news, but interestingly, we haven't been on the show, we haven't been on air for about a week and a bit, mm. and the day we went off the air uh, to take our little break, the next uh, two days later, Sin announces that, uh, well, um, things are a little bit tough here at Sin right now, and that is uh, we are asking you, our community, to help save the station. Uh, as a result of our catastrophic hit that our station took in the COVID-19 pandemic, inflation and unexpected loss of grant funding, we are now in fight for survival. So we currently have a fundraiser out right now called at givenow.com forward slash save sin. Any donation that you could help provide, uh, that you could help send our way, will is tax deductible and we'll be internally thankful and grateful because uh, at this point in time, Sin at this point has about six weeks left to raise up enough funds to stay on the air. And if we really don't want that, especially as a long-tenured volunteer for myself, working with um, alongside Liam and Jerry throughout the year as quite young, impressionable talent with a bright future ahead of them. I want to make sure uh, on a personal level that this station stays afloat so they can flourish and have a nice career going forward. And uh, it's very, it's, we call upon you uh, to help us out. Um, It's tough to find the words because again, this place means a lot to me myself. And uh, it came as a massive shock to us when we took a took our break, and we wanted to address that immediately after following givenow.com.au forward slash give uh, save sin uh, tax deductible donations. There, hopefully, you can help uh, keep this station afloat and keep the voice of the youth alive and in the in the debate sphere, Liam. Yeah, and thank you to all the donations so far. It's been incredible. Means a lot to a lot of us, as you said, Jason. So we've, I think we've got forty-five thousand dollars, which is a, an amazing effort. So thank you to everyone who yeah, already has donated. Yep. Okay, we'll go. We'll go into the sports program now, and uh, this is the sports section, sports desk. We're back and rejuvenated. Uh, Liam's got some news headlines to break down. Let's hear what's been hitting the press. Yep, so footy season's over, but there's still plenty of fun for the off-season. So recent retiree from North Melbourne, Jack Zeeble, has announced that he will join Richmond as an assistant coach under Adam Uze next year. So obviously he's been captain of North Melbourne for a long time and, you know, you can't question his leadership skills. So he'll add a lot to Richmond, obviously, Jason. So um, we'll go to rugby. So the Wallabies coach Eddie Jones is set to leave Australian rugby and coach Japan, who he coached back in 2012 and until 2015, Jason. So um, he's a great coach. He did really well for England. Seven years he coached them, joined Australia again uh, this year. And the World Cup, as we know, hasn't gone well. So he's been under the pump and he might leave, which is unfortunate. 
but um, what can you do? <laughs> well, uh, you tell me, what can you do? <laughs> I don't know, maybe uh, give a better contract, I'm not sure. <laughs> Join the conversation, Sports Test Sin <laughs> on Instagram. Uh, noticed an article from the ABC out today with Australian coach Graham Arnold uh, having a little, little, little bit of a jab at the government, I would Ooh. say, Liam, delivering a withering verdict on the Prime Minister and other politicians who believe they are happy to wear the Matildas and Socceroos scarves but still won't fund Australian soccer. That's a quote from the A, that is written from the ABC there. He says that Australian soccer still has nowhere to call its home, reckoning that his old friend Ange po- uh, Postacoglu, uh, my apologies on the pronunciation there, who's flying high as Tottenham boss, had a point where they're suggesting in an interview earlier this week that soccer will never become mainstream back home. He was explained... He was actually explaining in a press conference earlier, Graham Arnold, we, quote, we have a sport in Australia, AFL, which is, as Ange said, oh, this, sorry, my apologies, this is, Ange, this is Ange speaking, quote from Ange, the Indigenous sport, which the big is the biggest in the country, and at the end of the day, there is a lot of funds and a lot of money put into the AFL, but it is only played in one country. And we're playing in a world sport and we don't get anywhere near the resources or the help the sport does. Whether you can believe it or not, we don't have a home of football. When the Socceroos come to Sydney to train, we have to train on a rugby league field where they remove the posts and put soccer posts up. That's the truth. We are the highest participation sport at grassroots and don't have a home for football at all. The last... Uh, we'll end that quote there. Yep. I think that is what one of the big major debates that came out of the World Cup when the Matildas made it to the semi-final. Go on the Tillies, that's fantastic. Mm. But it does seem like the fight is still going to need to be, uh, ramp up a little bit if anything's going to get done to uh, grow the round ball in in uh, the Australian sport. It is interesting, given it's probably the most popular sport in the world, and Australia Australia's funding for the Socceroos and the Matildas have been pretty low. So. I think they need to increase it, obviously. So big uh, issues there. I guess we'll keep we'll keep a hold of that fight there. That article came from the ABC. Liam, you're excited for Rafa Nadal, who it seems like it is set to be confirmed that he's returning to the Australian Open. Yes, so after a year off due to some lower body injuries, he is set to make a comeback at the Australian Open in 2024. 37 years old, 22 Grand Slams he's won. So it's good to see him back. Obviously, doesn't have a lot of time left, 37, mm. but still a classy player and will give Novak Djokovic some competition. He's been loving Nadal not being there, <laughs> but um, he might be back. It'd be an interesting uh, set of events if it ends up being an Australian final of Novak v uh, Nadal great. again. Yep. In fact, it was, Nadal, it was uh, Djokovic's absence that led to Nadal getting his 22nd world title due to the uh, controversy surrounding right. that too. So the rivalry might be more intense than ever this late into their careers. It's insane. Yeah, he's very sweaty if you watch him, Jason. Have you noticed that? Yeah, Nadal. he is a sweaty man. Yeah, with the hand, headbands and yeah. oh, oh well. He's slick. Yeah. But he is sweaty. Feathers. Uh, Liam's, <laughs> Liam later on in the show is also going to... Uh, I th- I'm not sure. Are you ready to unleash on the Australian cricket later on in the show? Not on the team, but some certain individuals, I think. So stay tuned for that, Jason. No worries at all. And hopefully we'll be joined in the studio by our one and only gracious leader, Sam Menahan. We know he's out there just like the lunatic fringes. And did, did you know that that's a song by a band called Red Rider, Liam? No, I didn't. Well, there you go. The singer of Red Rider was actually the, the guy, Tom Cochran, who plays the song Life is a Highway. I do know that. You That's do know very that. Good. Yes. Very good. I'm going to be providing a bit of Liam uh, uh, some music history as we play these songs at the break. So here's Lunatic Fringe by Red Rider as I educate uh, Liam in a bit more music. Well, when we come back, he's going to talk about the cricket. Stay with us. You're on the sports desk. 
Red Rider Lunatic Fringe, because we know the Lunatic Fringe is out there, and so do we believe, Liam, that Sam Hennett might be out there joining us in the studio soon. But you are on the sports desk. My name is Jason. Here is Liam. It is, uh, it's an interesting day here at the sports desk because we don't know what is going to happen. We're going to turn into the most unpredictable show on community radio because we don't know what's going to come out of Liam's mouth as we break down the Cricket World Cup. When the sound effect works properly. Oh, where? That's, how, that's what you call production. Oh, here we go. Here we go. It was hesitating. <laughs> I think what's happening there is that they were hesitating whether they wanted to do the chant, considering now that they are 0-2 against South Africa mm. right now, Lim. But we don't know what you're going to say. What's your takeaway? So let's talk about the game last night. So Australia have lost their first two games in a row in this year's World Cup last night, losing to South Africa by 134 runs. South Africa scored 311 for seven with the bat batting first. Quinton de Kock, he's on fire and he scored 109. So that's two centuries in a row for him. Aidan Markram, he was class 56. And Glenn Maxwell was the pick of the bowlers with two for 34. And then chasing the big score, Australia got bowled out for 177. It was a disaster from the start. Rabata Bowlwell got three for 33. Manus Labashane High scored with 46. So not a great start by Australia. They dropped wicketkeeper... Alex Carey for Josh Inglis, which I think it's a massive call, but I think it's the right one given Alex Carey's, you know, terrible form of late since really that controversial Johnny Bairstow run out in the Ashes. So <laughs> there's he's, still, still yeah, animosity still there, struggling. isn't there? So Australia are certainly missing top order runs with their top four and their inability to, to get wickets during the 11th and 40 over period is costing them. And that is on Adam Zampa. So I'm not really happy with Adam Zampa's performances of late. The past couple months, he bowled really poorly in South Africa and he is a large... Uh, you know, suspect to that bad form in that 30-over period. And he really needs to step up. He's playing in spin-friendly conditions in India. And with no Ashton Agar being injured, he really needs to step up, and he hasn't been. So he is the most important player in this World Cup squad. And if he doesn't play well, Australia won't have a chance of winning the tournament. Mm, and that is Liam Cole's breakdown of the World Cup. Uh, are there any other big mo- things happening in the World Cup at the minute internationally outside of Australia that you have on you right now? Well, even the first game. So New Zealand played England as basically the World Cup final of two- 2019. And New Zealand smashed England by nine wickets. And Devon Conway and Ravindra, they made a 200-run-plus 200 partnership, which is huge, mm. one of the biggest partnerships ever in history. So that was really surprising. And the form of South Africa and their middle order, Aidan Markram, Russie van der Dusen and Heinrich Klaassen, one of the best players of spin in white ball cricket at the moment, they are a smoky to win this World Cup. That's the review. Coming up. Sam Manhattan is going to join us in the studio for a breakdown of the AFL trade period and the week in AFLW. Not only that, NHL season started. Oof. So get it's going to get dangerous here, folks. <laughs> I do have a breakdown of the first three days here on the sports desk. We're going to break that down when we come back. Sam Manhattan on the other side. Run, run, run um, by the Libertines. A new one from them on the sports desk. Now, if you're hearing my voice uh, now, I'm... Where did he come from, Liam? <laughs> 
Trade That's data. a bad joke, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sam and Hennett. Uh, yes, I've missed the first two breaks. Uh, Friday the 13th. It's going to be a bit spooky this weekend. I wonder if it is a, actually a full moon tonight. I don't know if that's got anything to do with I it. I don't know, but I pronounce I need to watch the movie tonight because I haven't actually yes. seen it. Which one? There's many. Friday the, well, the original from okay. 1981. Okay. I don't think I've seen it either. <laughs> but, uh, yes, no, good to be back with you. Uh, needed a break after an exhausting, exciting, e- exhausting but exciting final series. We really enjoyed that. Um, and, uh, yes, it was good to have a break. And uh, I know um, Jason mentioned it earlier, but I think it's poignant that we mention it throughout the show. Yep. Um uh, and it's plastered on all the walls of the studio. I think I'll have to put up a photo. Yeah, we need The some amount help. of posters that are in here keep... Uh, sin alive, donate now. Um, and yes, w- 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 I was listening on the way in, and uh, uh, it was quite shocking to me. Uh, and someone that has been uh, like Jason here for a long time, and this is my final year, that would be a horrible thing. Um, th- th- that would be the worst thing for me to leave this place and not have it available for anyone else because it's been such uh, a great platform, um, an amazing thing for me. Um, and I-, I would be horrified that people wouldn't get to experience and have the fun that we've had over the last couple of years here. If, uh, you, if you could just summarise, how much of your sin career could you summarise, Sam, in at least a couple of sentences of what you've been able to achieve doing sin or just some of the stuff you've done here at this station? Well, we only just got to do our first OB and that's something I always wanted to do and uh, we got to do that uh, for the grand final. We've done, we've done pretty much, um, well, sp- specifically on the sports test the last couple of years, that be our like our tent pole, our major footy finals and the grand final. We wanted to do something spectacular. Last year we did a, a TV special filmed in the RMIT TV studio, yep. um, and then previously I've done live streams and other stuff uh, for the sports desk. But just being involved with all the things and not just this show, the other shows yep. and and the seasonals where you can create your own show. And just to give context, Sam has done shows like Get Serial. He's done his own shows like Rockology, and you can find them in the Sin Archives. I myself, <laughs> I myself, I've got shows on the Sin Archive. If you go to syn.org.au right now, you can find old shows of mine that I've done. There's shows I've done called Amateur Hour, which included a, an interview with Andy Lee. I did uh, a conspiracy theory satire show called Mind Games back when Sin FM and uh, Sin Digital were separate entities and called Sin Nation. I think... Mind Games might have been one of the last seasonal shows we did at Sin Nation. I got to EP Mosh Pit, which I still contribute to to this day. I do. I did a stand, uh, a podcast called The Great Metal Stand, of which we put Dragon Force versus Blind Guardian together, because um, I, I like heavy music and I like contributing to Mosh Pit. And I ran the show back in 2020, and I've always said to myself, when I Mate, as long as the show is running for the years after me, I know I've left a good impression on the state of it. And to lo- to potentially lose that in six weeks is scary to me. The fact that Liam and Jerry may not get a platform in six weeks to uh, continue on with their very bright future yeah. that they have, it's very scary. So and, and givenow.com.au forward slash saves in all donations. The thing this place has run so long as well, t- 20 years, and uh, we, we were only just celebrating our birthday. Year. Yeah. Um, so I will keep my eye on the uh, recent donations. Uh, so if you do one during our show, I'll read it out. There is one that... Uh, we will thank you on air. Uh, there was one 20 minutes ago, so I guess we can count that um, yep. when it pops back up. Phil Byers, thank you for your donation. So we're, we're currently over 46,558. Uh, the goal is to at least double that. Um, 
it's very expensive to run a radio station. Yeah. Uh, so uh, thank you for all, um, and we'll we'll check back in with this uh, throughout the show. But uh, what were we talking about? Uh, we were going to be breaking now. down the oh, AFLW yes. and the AFL trade period as of this week. All right, let me play how. Oh, it's October. The sirens are still ringing around. It, and what it angers me the... every time. <laughs> um, what are some of the poignant trades throughout the last week? I know it's been a crazy week. One close to my heart. We will get to that. But uh, start off with some of the latest ones just coming through over the line. So we've got Taylor Adams, Sam. So yep. he has requested a trade and has been sent to the Sydney Swans for pick 33. So I think that's a really good get from Sydney. Their midfield was troubled with, you know, some um, contested ball problems and he certainly would help and fix that with Luke Parker and their young guns with Errol Goulden and Chad Warner. So I think they've had a great trade period, the Swans, so far. They've got Brody Grundy as well who will replace Tom Hickey and they've also got Joel Hamling who will go down back and replace Paddy McCartan. So I think that's a great get. Uh, there's one I'm just seeing here right off the the press. 22 minutes ago, Brisbane Lions receive a third round pick, uh, currently number 47, for uh, Tom. Uh, sorry, and Melbourne received Tom Fullerton. Yeah, he's a good player. He's got a basketball background. Been playing in the VFL for a while. The big O. He's taking his spot. So I think it's a good get for Melbourne and Tom to learn off Max Gorn. And also out of Brisbane, uh, surprisingly. Um, Jack Gunston. Jack Gunston's requested a trade. That's it's, it's strange. It's, it's um, one season. Yeah, he's, so he's contracted. So okay. they'll have to do a trade. It it does seem bizarre to want to go straight back to where you were after, especially so. I mean, he's pretty late into his career now, right? Yes. So you'd think you'd think at at this point, at a player's career at this point, you'd be looking at where you're going to finish or the last couple of years you want to get a you know a couple of years into your contract and then you can finish off finish off your career but to go back in a hurry seems very strange well i think chris fagan maybe in the exit meeting said you're probably going to be playing in the twos um, so I, th- I don't think he wants to do that so i think he might come back no and i i feel like with a few other players that um, have recently retired or been on the end i, I think maybe some coaches uh, and some teams are more quickly to put, push people out the door than others. So maybe maybe that's why uh, you're probably on with the money there. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what's going to happen for Hawthorne. The odd part about that is is that Sam Mitchell let him go because he wanted to kind of cull their, ven- uh, their veteran know, talent as a result of the rebuild. It'll be so, a strange way well, to negotiate that. Yeah, I, I think they're not going to go crazy to try and... Go overboard to get him, I think, with the trade. Probably Brisbane aren't going to ask for too much, you'd think? Hmm. No, I think they released a statement uh, only minutes ago, Hawthorne, that they are interested in Gunston, but it's not a priority. Joel Mm. and D. Ambrosio from Essendon, Jason, they are priorities. Uh, Also, and you mentioned this off the top as well, uh, Jade Gresham. Gresham is officially a bomber. Uh, Liam, your thoughts? He's a very good player. He's played 136 games and kicked 136 goals. So he's a goal-kicking player that can go in the midfield. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm sad to let him go, but 
he was one of the passengers in that final alongside many yeah. others, but I just don't think, you know, he's going to take St Kilda to where we want to be. So I think Essendon can have him. I have a little bit of trepidation about him myself because I have seen good development with Jai Menzi. I think there is potential with the Davy twins. So is he just going to kind of stifle that potential depth as a small forward? Well, it's a fair question. And, you know, they've got Goldstein. Are these just That one I'm excited players? about. <laughs> That one I'm excited for, about for what, the simple year? reason. For one year, because then he potentially has a coaching role upon retirement. And he's one of the most consistent ruckmen in the past uh, decade, easily. He doesn't miss footy. He's one of the best rucks to have ever graced a football field, at least in the modern times. And he's seen final success too. He can embark incredible wisdom into some young and impressionable rucks in Draper and Bryan. But are they top-up players? You know, are they guys like Xavier Dersma? He can't find a spot in the team for Port Adelaide. I'm Sometimes sure. that's what happens because Port Adelaide had a very class side this year. So it would have been difficult and they mm. stayed healthy as well. Uh, Fisher, Zach Fisher becomes a Roo. Uh, uh, Zach Fisher and first round pick, currently number uh, 17. Carlton receive a first round pick, currently number 21, and a second round pick. Number 25. That is very generous for Carlton to get, you know, to give away Zach Fisher who couldn't get a game. Um, move yeah, to a half back line and you get, what, pick 25? That's pretty good. Uh, I think we've done our well. And I think North Melbourne have done all right because I do see him performing very well and getting a lot of midfield time, mm. I'd say. Um, it's just he just wasn't going to get in, in in Carlton's best twenty-two. There was too many, too many puzzle pieces, and uh, it was a good problem for Carlton to have. But a very sad. Um, uh, he's been a great player at the Carlton Footy Club, so I'm going to miss him. Yeah, North Melbourne have got so many first-round draft picks. They're really going to have some fun in November's draft, aren't they? Yep. Uh, Taylor Adams, you mentioned, and then, wow, Brody Grundy. <laughs> it just seems to be shopped around every year now. Uh, so he goes well, He's to one of the Sydney. very few players that have played in three different clubs yes. in three different years. Uh, North, uh, sorry, Melbourne receive a third round pick, number 46, and a future second round uh, pick. Hopefully this moves right for him. We, we want to see him out on the park. Uh, I think it was unfortunate that... Uh, I think they tried to bring him in as a forward, Melbourne, and it just didn't work. Having already the best ruckman, arguably, in the competition was going to be hard to move out of the way as a starter. But uh, let's see if Sydney's the right move. Do you think the experiment didn't work or it was not set in motion for it to work? The, the execution of it was just designed that it just wasn't going to work? Well, some I, I think some players are adaptable that you can play in other positions. Uh, like we see Tom DeConing can move down forward and he's an all right forward. But uh, as as some Ruckmans are just pure Ruckmans and uh, if you put them anywhere else on the field, they're going to stick out. Well, I think the way they move the ball into their forward line definitely doesn't help any forward from Melbourne. So they're the last worst team in the competition for corridor use. So... Any forward who plays for Melbourne will struggle in that forward line. And they don't look like they're seeking for too many right now in this trade period, or maybe mm. do you think they're just going to look into the draft? Well, there has been some talk that they will try and get Harley Reid that first pick. How does um, Melbourne get that? I'm not sure. They've got a lot of, you know, picks in the teens, so there was some talk about Clayton Oliver leaving, but I think he'll have to stay. James Harms... Uh Goes to the Western Bulldogs. Yeah. Melbourne receive a future third round pick. That's uh, another tied to the Bulldogs. Another thing tied to the Bulldogs is pick four as well, Sam. 
Mm. Mm. That's going to be interesting. And then the other thing that we've discussed happened while they're away with North Melbourne's assistance package. It means they have <laughs> five picks in the top ten draft. Five, which is <sighs> crazy. Uh, I know GWS maybe had five or six when they first came into the competition. I'm pretty sure. Probably. Um, and similar to Gold Coast, I think. Uh, well, they had that year where they got right one and two. Uh, but it makes things interesting. It's mm, interesting. It's a compromise draft, isn't it? So they get pick three for Ben McKay and mm. so many compensation picks. So I think Adelaide get pick nine for Tom Duday, which is remarkable. And then I think the Saints get pick 21 for Gresham, which is, you know, pretty good. Um, for both teams. So I think the draft is not really fair, but... The compensation picks are, li- are allowing the clubs that are giving away the players the win in the negotiation mm. table there, Liam. And it depends on the contract, how long it is and how much money they're getting paid. Uh, AFLW time now. We will come back across that uh, trade talk because it always, it's always exciting. It's mm. We can never stop Radical really the talk talking about... Now. Yeah, well, maybe see, they've brought a hold to him, but uh, we'll see. Uh, oh, actually, and I should mention too, Tom Hawkins has an extended uh, <laughs> one year onto his contract. That would have been scary for the Cats fans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, we, we'll revisit that because we still manage to talk about AFL even in its off-season. It's just it never leaves our forefront, really, in Melbourne. It's uh, sad, isn't it? <laughs> today, uh, in AFLW tonight, Adelaide Crows take on the Western Bulldogs at 7.15. Uh, tomorrow from 105, it's Saints and the GWS Giants. Sydney and Hawthorne from 3.05pm. Uh, Geelong and Fremantle from the same time. Gold Coast and Brisbane, 5.05pm. Richmond and Essendon tomorrow night, 7.20. North Melbourne and Port Adelaide, Sunday, 105. Carlton and Collingwood, Sunday, 3.05pm. Uh, and the last game on Sunday is West Coast and Melbourne Sunday, 5.05. What are some interesting games to look out for, Liam? Well, I think the Q Clash is going to be really good fourth v fifth. So Charlie Rowbottom, I've spoken about her before on the show. She got 31 disposals and 13 tackles last week. So she will definitely win the BNF for Gold Coast and she might be a smoky for the BNF for the whole uh, league. So that's that should be a cracking game. And it's really hard to pick a winner. So many upsets. We saw uh, Adelaide beat the reigning premiers last week. We had Collingwood beat Brisbane. Geelong lose to Essendon. So uh, four rounds to go until finals and we still don't know who will win. Wow, that's crazy. And yep. uh, I, I think if... Uh if you've seen that some of the uh, AFLW clubs have put out the Indigenous Guernseys for, I think I think it's next round is Indigenous round. Mm. Um, and so they look pretty brilliant as it is. It's always an exciting time, the Indigenous Guernseys coming out. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it'd be good. Carl Collingwood. Oof. Good. I like the latter position of uh, Collingwood in, in AFLW <laughs> compared to the Blues this time around. 6v... Mm. <laughs> I have to take. He enjoyed something. reading that out. I just need to take something so I can forget about September 29th as possible, as quick as possible. That ain't happening. It's going to go down with one of the greats of all time. We're going to be reminded of it, of it every true. year, I think. Uh, another donation has come through on uh, givenow.com.au slash save sin. Uh, thank you to Felicia Jong. Thank you. Thank you. 
when we come back, we'll be talking about uh, Premier League, the Ramble game. And ice hockey. Ice yes. hockey as well. And, and then... the fact that Adam Copeland made his AEW debut. I brought it up. I brought it up. Uh, I was able to talk about wrestling. Take that. Um, You're listening to the sports desk. England and Australia will play a friendly, so exciting to talk about that. Uh, It's going to be some mouth-watering matchups. That's all ahead on the sports desk on Sin on your Friday evening. Young the Giant, my body on the sports desk on your Friday evening. And it's time to talk about the round ball game. And then, of course... A massive fixture, which I'm very excited to. It is the international break. We'll talk about the Premier League uh, briefly in a second. But 5.45 a.m. on Saturday morning will be Socceroos v England at a sold-out Wembley Stadium, Wembley Arena. Uh, It's going to be... I know there's two two different things there, stadium or arena. I'm trying to remember. I've just blanked out. I have been there, so I should know. Stadium is the 80,000er. Arena is an arena of 15 or 10 or whatever it is. Oh, okay. Well, then it's definitely stadium. Forget that. <laughs> Forget I said that. There we go. Uh, so it's going to be exciting. Uh, I've seen uh, you are talking off the top about Ange. He met with the team and gave a bit of a speech uh, to the squad that's going to play England. I think it's a really good test for us. And uh, we don't play England often enough, I think. We need to play them more. <laughs> It's not cricket exclusive, then. That's good. No, no. And I, I think it would be generally good for our development because we, I mean, being this far out, we only get to play in the Asian Cup and not European teams. And I guess iron teams, sharpens so. iron, I guess. They're that old cliche. Yeah. Yep. And um, so it's been, I think, at least eight or nine years, I think, since we played England last wow. time over there as well. So uh, good luck to all the Aussies over there having some fun because that, that would have been a great thing to plan to go to, to Wembley to see Australia v England. So, uh, Liam, talk us through some of the squad announcements for the game. Yeah, the so we've are... got two teams um, naming a 27-man squad. So we've got guys like Matthew Ryan, Andrew Redmayne, uh, we've got Harry Souter, Craig Goodwin, Jackson Irvine, Aidan O'Neill, Connor Metcalf, uh, Mitchell Duke and Mabu as well. He's a yep. very good player, very quick. And then we've got England, which is pretty much stacked. Jordan Pickford. We got Aaron Ram- Ramsdale, who has been really good for Arsenal. Oh, he's actually been sidelined for Arsenal. Really? Yeah, he's been there now number two at the moment. We've got Harry Maguire, who hasn't been in great form. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. I got that please. right. Um, oh, John Stones, Kieran Trippier, Kyle Walker. Oh, this uh, is so cool. Jude Bellingham, who's playing for Real Madrid at the moment. Uh, we got Declan Rice, who's loving Arsenal at the moment. Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, Harry Kane, who's in good form for, for Bayern Munich, James Madison, Eddie Nketiah, and Marcus Rashford. So it's a big test, as you said. Sam. Yeah, no, it, and, and just hearing those names yeah. together, I am geeking out a bit because... Uh, it's names that, you know, you regularly watch in the Premier League and then the World Cup's really good that you'll get to see players. You'll never see play with each other, against each other. A-League players playing against... Uh, so it's uh, it's ultimate team in real life. <laughs> You're getting to see them out there together, which is very cool. So it's going to be exciting for uh, Saturday morning. Uh, it'll be on Channel 10, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, 
Other interesting international break games to look out for? No. You don't have any? Okay. <laughs> Just sure focus on the Socceroos. I heard there's Italy versus Malta. That may have already happened, but uh, mm. um, but no, that'll be good. And uh, we'll briefly look at the Premier League since we have been off for a few weeks. So they're not on, are they, this week? No. No, no. We, we're not making no, we're that. Not are you sure? Are you positive? Are you certain? <laughs> certain. Oh. Certain. Um We'll look at the table uh, and go through some of the recent results. Um, and Tottenham sit on top. Ange is currently the man. Wow. I don't know what to say. Like, I know it's very early on, but I, don't, I just can't think of a season where Tottenham's had a good a start as that. You can't. And, you know, people thought without Harry Kane, it, you know, it would have been tough. But credit to guys like Son, who's been very good. Yeah, I, I think now that Kane's gone and it's opened up kind of the middle path, is he still mostly playing on the wing or have they put him as a more central position? More central, and yeah. I think Madison... I, definitely Benesitz, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they're doing well. 20 points. Arsenal in second, defeating yeah. the uh, um, Manchester City. I'm, Hi, Jimmy. <laughs> through the results. It was a deflection, wasn't it? The yeah. goal from Arsenal. Yes, very yeah. frustrating. Uh, it was a terrible game, terrible game to watch, to be honest, from both sides. just was not great. Um, and I don't think Erling had a shot on target all game. So mm. interesting. Uh, we've had many good recent battles, but that wasn't one of them. That was just wrong place at wrong time, but sometimes that's all you need. Um, and if that's the way you score and get the three points, well, that's how you do it. Mm. Uh, so props to Arsenal on that one. We'll get him back. We'll get him back. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure worried. you will. <laughs> uh, Man City behind them on third. Liverpool fourth. Aston Villa fifth. Brighton sixth. West Ham seventh. Newcastle eighth. Crystal Palace ninth. Man United tenth. Chelsea eleventh. Wow. Mm. Wow. They were very lucky, Man United, <laughs> to get a win. They scored, McTominay of all players, scored two goals in stoppage time to win 2-1 against Sheffield United, which was an absolute steal. They're not in great form. And uh, Arsenal play a struggling Chelsea next uh, week. So yeah, that should be an interesting that, game. Um, could be explosive. That's, uh, mm. that's, I think if the uh, pressure wasn't already on them, I think losing to a rival like Arsenal... And in a bad way. Well, I think Arsenal, very you know, they've got a lot to play, more than Chelsea. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, so we look forward to next week as the Premier League starting to... It was started off with a bang, but it's it's really starting to warm up now. Mm. Uh, international break gives a bit of a chance. Uh, Jason, I know you're keen for some hockey talk. Now, do I have the old sound from the last time we spoke about hockey, which was... Either way, it does, other way, it does sit on uh, our headquarters oh, monitor over there as I've well. Got but he, he has a, I've got it. Hit the thing. When, when was the last time we talked about it, by the way? June, when June. we raised the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Mid-June was the last time we brought it up when Vegas Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup over the Florida Panthers and they had their banner ceremony uh, where they lifted the official banner at their home home ice uh, against the Seattle Kraken where they romped them 4-1. 
and that is a, a sign of they haven't really lost a step in the offseason. The opening night technically kicked off with a Tampa Bay win over Nashville 5-3, but the big story, the biggest story probably for the next few years to come was the debut of number one draft pick Connor Bedard of the Chicago Blackhawks facing off against former number one draft pick and now one of the greatest hockey players to have graced the ice in Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh got off to two, got off to a two-nil start, and then Chicago went on to score four straight to win four-two to the Blackhawks. That's a fun little start for them. Day two was yesterday, in which uh, let's translate this one. It's like a Carlton and Collingwood rivalry. This one, the Montreal Canadiens versus Toronto Maple Leafs. It went to a shootout six-five. Montreal got three in a row. Uh, uh, Montreal got three in a row, and then Toronto were able to tie it all up. Toronto then hit three in the second. Montreal were able to tie it up with three in a row in the third, and then it ended up going to a shootout, and it went Toronto's way on home ice. Great to see. Edmonton Oilers got whomped by the Vancouver Canucks 8-1. to Colorado defeating the LA Kings 5-2, and... Um, and the Calgary Flames defeating Winnipeg Jets 5-3. Ottawa Senators... Five over Carolina Hurricanes, three, as well as Chicago also taking a loss to the Boston Brewers, who won the President's Trophy and set the home and away record of last year, winning 3-1. However, it is going to be a momentous occasion because Bedard scored his first NHL goal, their only goal of that game. Today, New York Rangers defeated Buffalo Sabres 5-1. New York, De- uh, New Jersey Devils defeated the Detroit Red Wings 4-3. Nashville got their first win of the year over the Kraken 3-zip, so Seattle are currently winless at the minute, and the Dallas Stars defeated the St. Louis Blues in a shootout 2-1. to one. A few more games coming up, and we'll be breaking that down as the season progresses, as well as uh, we'll find a way to break down the NBL and NBA as well. Yes. All right, that's all coming up next on the Sports Desk on your Friday evening on Sin. Song 2, Blur on Woo-hoo. the Sports Desk. Woohoo, yes. Woohoo. Um, as we were talking about throughout the show, uh, we'll check in again uh, with the... Uh, with the course. SOS Keep Sin Alive fundraiser, which you can donate tax deductibly at givenow at uh, givenow.com.au forward slash save sin. We have currently raised about $46,000. We've had a couple donations come throughout the show. And uh, we'll just have our final word is Sam. Uh, well, I was going to say, uh, hasn't been any more since I last read one. <laughs> well, out. we've had two donations throughout the show. A big thank you to yes. you for doing so. And there's a fair few that say anonymous. So, anonymous. <laughs> yeah. So, thank you to the anonymous, anonymous. <laughs> donated donors for. Are, this. are they the, the hacker group with the? No, mask? they're not the hacker group. Well, you know, yeah, some people yeah. do donate privately, and I. Uh, uh, so we're just respecting that. Um, big yeah. thank you to that. And, uh, yes, this will be a great opportunity to let your voice be heard and let the voice yep. of the youth continue to be heard in the media sphere. Yeah, it's it's crucial that we've. this is it. If we don't raise this money, sin's done forever, and it would be a terrible thing. Uh, so please, let's not let that happen. There is also uh, a podcast special available at the SIN website, syn.org.au, and re- I believe it is a represent special podcast where you can see uh, both SIN management from present day to past, uh, detailing how we got to this point and how you can how you can also continue to help by spreading the word. Okay, basketball time. The NBL is into its third week. The Jack Jumpers uh, yesterday defeated the Hawks, Illawarra Hawks, 103 to 73. Uh, today, the Bullets will take on the Kings at 7:30. Uh, the Wildcats will play Melbourne United at 9:30 tonight. Uh, the Adelaide 36ers will take on the Illawarra Hawks tomorrow at 5:30. Uh, tomorrow, also South East Melbourne Phoenix will take on the. 
sorry, Tasmanian Jack Jumpers at 8 p.m. Uh, Melbourne United again will play on Sunday against the Bullets at 2 p.m. And then the final game on Sunday will be the Kings and the Wildcats Sunday, 4 p.m. Uh, Jack Jumpers uh, sitting on top of the table just behind the Melbourne United in the uh, early weeks of the campaign. We mentioned last time on the show, Scotty Pippen was down there for the first couple of weeks. So good for... Now, you know, I heard a fact the other day that more international viewers watch the NBL than Australians do. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if there's a huge interest, uh, especially with Americans mm. looking, I, I don't know. Well, that's an exciting thing. Mm. You might see more Australians on the NBA stage in the coming years if that is the case. Well, unless that's just a viewership and you're just looking to explore more basketball. But yeah, if there's well, talent scouts watching too, maybe you see more Australians hit the NBA yep. stage as well. Uh, just a couple of things before we wrap up. The Melbourne Marathon is this Sunday. Remember, there'll be road closures and the like. And good luck to all those running. I'll you be running. Yeah. In the 10K, my first ever marathon or fun run or type of anything. Have you been training? Yes. Uh, unfortunately, I've been sick and been injured, so it has harpered my training a bit. So it's, Did you hear I'm going to be snort cr- just there. Yeah, no, you've got to prove him wrong now. Going to be crawling across the finish. No, no, I, I, sh- I should be all right. I'm, I'm not going for time. But to be honest, I could barely run to the fridge a couple of years ago. So oh, to wow. be able to run in the in – I hated running. I honestly hated it. Um, and it's been a massive thing for me. You enjoy uh, it now, Especially right? with mental health. Yeah, it, honestly, it was just just the thing to get my mental health in shape, exercising and things like that, and I generally enjoy it. And we'll get to finish across the line on the MCG uh, on Sunday, which is going to be amazing. So, um, yeah, it's good luck to all those running. So there's the 5K, 10K, uh, half marathon and the full marathon. So it's going to be exciting. They live stream it on the uh, Nike um, Melbourne Marathon social media, so you can check it out there. Um, I'm sure the big couple of big players who won it last year. I wish Jerry was in here to talk about the runners because he definitely know more about that than, um, than me. So uh, no, it's going to be a good time, and uh, I think I'm going to be very happy. I'm running in my Carlton jumper. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last thing tonight. You fascinate me, Sam. Tonight. <laughs> Tonight, I'm going to uh, see Man City's trophies. They bring them to Melbourne. So if you're interested in seeing Manchester City's winning trophies from the treble last year, the legit ones, not replicas, the legit ones, they'll be in uh, Abbotsford at the uh, Ultra Football Store tomorrow. Uh, but exclusive event tonight for the Melbourne City, uh, sorry, the Manchester City Melbourne Supporters Club. Exciting. And that was the sports desk. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you back on Monday. Uh, and then continuing out the year. We don't stop on the sports desk. We keep we going. We Get keep well soon, going. Jerry, as well. Yes. Yep. Good luck to you. We'll see you Monday, Saturday, sports desk sin. And, of course, remember, save our sin, save our station campaign. Give now, donate at sin.org.au. And givenow.com.au forward yep. slash save sin. Uh, we'll see you on Monday. Goodbye.